Welcome back, listeners. Uh, you are tuned in to the podcast series by Tarika Foundation. Our podcast is known as Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving. It's focused on youth mental health. I'm your host, Dr. Lena Kanzode, a child psychiatrist and founder of Tarika Foundation. With me again is Gayatri Narayanan, who's been wonderfully walking us through different tools in mindful parenting. So, Gayatri, happy to have you again. Welcome. Thank you, Lena. Thanks for having me been a pleasure. In the last session, you did teach us how to do the observation step of of needs. And I remember clearly there were two important parts to it. You did talk about how we need to first bring in presence and then make a clean observation and observation of your own internal world, including your senses, and then, you know, also observation around what's happening around you. And, you know, I have to tell you those steps really helped me to deal with that same situation we were talking about last time. So this particular time, you know, in addition to taking the deep breaths, I remembered, oh, I have to be present. I have to connect with my senses, notice sensations in my body. And then I still notice some feelings of frustration and irritation. So you know, I know the next step in the off needs is about feelings. Mm-hmm. So would you be able to walk us through how do we observe those feelings or notice those feelings? And then what do we do about them when they come up? Exactly. Lovely. That's, I'm so glad you're, you're noticing how when you pay attention to your body, you start to notice, oh, here's that feeling. I can see this feeling of irritation. As soon as you bring mindfulness and awareness to a particular situation, you start to notice these nuances of how sensations in the body correspond to certain kinds of emotions, right? Uh, But before we talk about feelings, I'd also like to touch upon bringing awareness to our thoughts. Thoughts are an important component of mindfulness as well. So just like you pay attention to sensations in the body uh, and you pay attention to your breathing, you can also bring awareness to your mind and your thinking world. And thoughts are very interesting because they are simply words and images. As human beings, we think in words and images. And we have thousands of thoughts a day. And somebody said, uh, we have something like 70,000 thoughts a day. And 90% of them we had yesterday. So usually they're kind of playing on repeat and they're telling you things about yourself and about the world. And some of them are false, you know, fake news that have no basis in truth. Um, and, And there are many thoughts that can actually be useful and things that you can actually act on. You can do things with it, with those thoughts. You know, if you have something to do or you have some creative project and you've got a certain idea those are all very useful thoughts that you can actually put into some action but many many thoughts are based on old beliefs they could be self-judging kind of thoughts or thoughts that are catastrophizing or imagining some kind of a future reality which may not be based in any truth right so learning how to bring presence to our thinking and to notice what kinds of thoughts we're having is a very, very good skill to develop because it gives us that capacity to notice what's useful and what's not. And it gives you a sense of, okay, these are my top 10 tunes, you know, that keep running in my mind often. And you start to notice certain patterns of your thinking and learning how to identify them. So that's very helpful. And thoughts directly impact 
the way you feel as well. So if you have a certain set of negative thoughts repeating in your mind, they immediately show up as emotions in the body. Like the example that you gave of you walking into your daughter's room and seeing a messy room, and you start to feel that, you know, those feelings of irritation and anger and frustration. And the feelings first hit and you start to notice the sensations in the body, but then those feed certain thoughts in your mind that will say something like, oh my God, my daughter is never going to learn how to have a clean room. What is she going to do when she goes to college? No, I'm not going to be there for her to remind her to clean her room. And then the mind gets hijacked into this future scenario, which is not reality. It's just a figment of your imagination, which you've created in your mind. So you can start to notice this relationship between thoughts and feelings and between feelings and thoughts. And when you bring presence to all of this, to this internal world of feelings and thoughts, you have much more choice in how uh, you want to respond, first of all. And you also then learn how to identify specific kinds of feelings. And then your feelings vocabulary becomes much more refined. You're able to then name those feelings and say, ah, this is what frustration feels like in my body. This is what anger feels like in my body. And this is what fear feels like in my body. I can notice the quickening of my heart. I can feel my palms getting sweaty, my stomach tightening, my breath is changing, right? So this all requires a certain level of awareness, a certain attunement into your inner sensations in the body. And a good uh, way to remember this is emotions. If you think of emotions, right? You emotions. It's energy in motion. It's actually a physical energy in the body. And that's what we call feelings. So they actually first show up as physical sensations in the body. And which is why practices like body scans are really useful because you learn how to connect with those subtle qualities of vibrations and tingling and pressure, tightness, um, heat and cold and all these different kinds of subtle sensations in the body. When you have a body scan practice, it helps you tune in and therefore then identify those feelings, if that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. I'm sure maybe you've heard about this particular type of therapy called cognitive behavioral therapy in the world of psychology and psychiatry. Uh-huh. So as you were explaining the, the connection between thoughts and feelings and how that's so important to be aware of thoughts and how it's a feedback loop, it kind of reminded me of that construct of CBT where it basically says The way I think affects the way I feel, the way I feel affects the way I behave. Mm -hmm. And I think we're saying the same thing that it may start with one thought and the feeling happens and then that feeling then reinforces a thought and then it gives me options or choices to choose a behavior. And it's really interesting to learn that mindfulness can be such a nice way to facilitate or do this work of CBT, like being in that field, I'm just thinking, you know, we work with the clients and we say, oh, you have to work on changing your thoughts or you have to work on, you know, looking at the situation differently or not do this type of thinking or that type of thinking. But the very first step is to build that awareness. And unless and until you have that awareness, you will not pick up this connection of this thoughts, feelings, and behavior cycle or thoughts, feelings, and response reaction cycle. And so 
it makes total sense to me that bringing in that presence and observation, connecting with yourself, and then connecting with your thoughts and feelings can be such a big, big step before you choose a response or react. You know. Exactly. Because oftentimes our minds get, get hijacked. We go down this kind of a train of reactivity and then it kind of snowballs from one, one thing to another. Mm-hmm. And with mindfulness, what you're doing is you're putting a little wedge between the thought and the feeling or the feeling and the thought. And you have that choice then to, to choose a particular response. But in this particular case of in mindfulness, we always say, you know, don't judge anything as being good or bad, right? So no matter what you're noticing about the thought you're having or about the feelings you're having in the body, mm-hmm. it's about learning how to allow them to be there as they are mm-hmm. without trying to push them away, without judging them, without trying to make yourself bad for feeling them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's more important to learn how to notice the feelings you're having And not to be afraid of your feelings, knowing that feelings are extremely temporary. They don't last for more than a couple of minutes at a time. No feeling. And they've done research on this. Most feelings last for a few seconds before they're replaced by something else. It's a constantly changing weather system in your body that goes from sadness to anger, from anger to irritation, from irritation to joy, from joy to love. You know, it just moves. It's a whole field of emotions that we're constantly feeling from morning to night. But the problem happens is when your thoughts get stuck, if you keep repeating a particular thought, Mm -hmm. that feeling will stay in the body for as long as you're repeating that thought. Mm -hmm. So say you had a bad interaction with your daughter last week, and then you keep repeating that conversation over and over in your mind, and you keep replaying it, and you keep replaying it. Then those feelings of sadness and dejection and alienation or disconnection, whatever it is that you felt, will continue to stay in the body for as long as you're repeating those thoughts, right? So we can do a very simple exercise to demonstrate this particular concept. So I'm going to invite you to just close your eyes for a few seconds and just become present again in your body. Just notice your feet on the floor. Become aware of your breath. Noticing the in-breath and out-breath. Sensing your body rising and falling with each breath. And as I do this, just pay attention to sensations in your body and the kinds of thoughts you're having. So I'm just going to repeat a word. Trouble, 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 trouble. So just observe the movement of sensations in your body, your belly, your throat, your chest your breath. And now we'll erase that word and replace it with peace. Peace. 
peace. Peace. Peace. Peace. And once again, you can just connect with your body. Notice if there's any shifts or changes. Observing any thoughts you're having right now. Your breath. You can open your eyes and come back to this space. Yeah, so what was your experience in this short exercise that we just did? When we went with the first word, trouble, I think each time you've mentioned the word trouble, trouble, you know, I had thoughts like, am I in trouble? Is somebody in trouble? <laughs> what trouble are we in? And my throat started to close up. I was feeling a little kind of queasy feeling in my tummy and I was in tuned. So I actually noticed that maybe I was frowning a little bit and my smile started to like close. And then when you mentioned the word peace, I immediately, I think the first thing I noticed was like, I started to smile, like I could see that change. And then I was feeling this kind of a warm, relaxed feeling, mm -hmm. you know, kind of opening everything in my body. And then like lovely images, like a peaceful lake or ocean or flowers, like whatnot that reminds you of peace was mm -hmm. coming to me. And yeah, that's so amazing that it's know, very powerful, right? So this is this is the power of our thoughts, because if you think of your thoughts as just being words and images and how instantaneously there's a physiological response to those thoughts that you're having, you know, all those words. Right. So so this is what I wanted to demonstrate, because imagine if you're walking all day being self-critical of yourself. I'm a bad mom. I can never do this right. What's going to happen to my daughter? She's not going to be able to do this. And she's going to be a failure. I'm a failure as a mother. You know, many parents suffer from a lot of self-judgment and guilt. And those have direct physiological effects on the body. You start to feel stressed. You feel tight. You feel exhausted. So this practice of mindfulness and learning how to bring awareness to thoughts and feelings can be very, very powerful, uh, not just for the parent, but also in your ability to identify feelings that your child is having and learning how to connect with those feelings and increasing your feelings vocabulary and helping your child increase that vocabulary. So all of these fall into place when we have this practice established. Yeah. So yes. thank you again, Gayatri, for, for enlightening us into the practice, actually, how do we do it? Because people read about it and we kind of like, yeah, I think I should do this. I should do that. But talking to you is really helping me and I hope to our listeners as well, how to really implement it, how to do it. And thank you for walking us through some practices and allowing me to share some examples, which is really hopefully making this experience more hands-on. Thank you. Thank you, Lena. Thank you for having me. Thank you again. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to the podcast series by Tarika Foundation, and it's called Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving. Stay safe and healthy. Till next time. Goodbye.